Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and this week, shh, research reveals our money secrets. This episode has been sponsored by IDELO, the price comparison website. Money is an emotional thing. I try and drive this home as much as I can. I know that you, a lot of listeners like the logic, they like the tax, they like the pensions, like the investment, the wealth creation, they're getting financially organized, but we are physical beings run by our emotions. And the more we understand that, the more we get that, the quicker our success with money, nutrition, relationships will all click into place. Once we understand how we're programmed, we will run smoother. You have to consciously learn new behaviors. And the way you can learn a new behavior is by repetition. And that's why I do this every week. So you have some kind of input on financial information coming into your mind all the time. So you're almost like brainwashing yourself positively with good information. Um, but I like to talk about money. And I think in relationships we say about, you know, let's talk about this. It helps things. I think talking about money helps things. You're opening up, discussing. You know, I've spent my last, my my working career, the last 25 years, talking to people openly about money. I can remember my very first client meeting. I was being shadowed by an experienced financial advisor. And um, I couldn't bring myself to ask the individual how much they earn. Because we never did that at home. Okay, at my dinner table, we never discussed how much you earn, what you saved, or what you have. It was a taboo subject. Therefore, I carried that learned behavior into my career and I got into my meeting. And the question on the form was, How much do they earn? And I went to, I, 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 I just couldn't open my mouth to say it. Um, and the guy sat next to me could see I was struggling. I went, uh, John, what do you earn? It was just so effortless. I was like, Oh, and they, uh, whatever he earned. 12,000 pounds a year. I had no idea what he earned. It was 25 years ago. Um, and I just wrote it down. And from that moment onwards, I just realized that actually it's quite easy when you just blurt it out and you ask it. Um, Mind the Mental Health Charity puts it really well. I was on their website looking at some stuff. And they said, poor mental health means manage, managing money is harder. Completely get that, 100%. And worrying about money makes mental health worse. Wow. It is a vicious circle. And that's why getting it, verbalizing it, talking to someone. Um, if you've got a financial planner, you can go and see. Um, if you've got a friend, you can go and see. If you can go to Citizens Advice or virtually. You know, talking to somebody about your money challenges. Let's reframe it as well. Because our body interprets our language and creates emotions from it. So if I said your money worries you've got a different interpretation representation internally than if i said your money challenges okay so i don't say these words to be positive in my outlook although that has a side product i say it because it affects how we feel if i say no john you're wrong that's a lot more internally gets you than hey john i wonder if it could be this or john could you be mistaken or if I understood you right, you know, it's, it's our language. 
and it's a, a study called transformational vocabulary it's our language affects how we feel and remember it's how we feel affects our actions so if we want to have good outcomes if we want to act in a good way we have to feel good and to feel good we have to a number of things one of those is talk to ourselves well we have to move our body and we have to put good stuff inside our body um so good example of that is if you've been out on a or what we used to refer to as a bender going out and drinking way too much alcohol eating way too much food wake up in the morning you do not feel energized i've not met anybody who is on top of the world after having too much alcohol because you basically poison your body and now at 46 i can look back and think oh my god what was i doing um so you've got to do all these different things to make yourself feel good and one of the things that makes me feel the most good is actually just getting out and moving you know motion creates emotion and when you get out and you walk around and move especially outside and it's free to go for a walk in a park i admit last weekend has just been absolutely peeing down the rain constantly but when you're out and moving around i have a little cockapoo dog it's fantastic you don't need a dog to walk you just go out and it's free you just go and walk and it does make you feel good so if you're having money challenges if you're having um internal dialogues with yourself that are not productive get outside breathe um, take on some meditation um, and mindfulness and all these things will contribute to it but um, there is an organization out there called the money and pension service maps that is working hard to change this to help people um, think differently about money um, and this month they ran a campaign called talk money week which i thought was very appropriate because my column in the sunday mirror is called time to talk money because again i believe in verbalizing you know what you are talking about and just clear in the air lost yeah get rid of the taboo what's in this you know simplify things uh and they do it to improve financial well-being and encouraging people to open up about their finances um and they cover everything from pocket money through to pensions so it's a broad subject there's some very interesting stats that come out of it the campaign included new research that revealed the lengths we go in finance to hide secrets um from those that we love so a study of over 5,000 people 5,200 people so it's a good good sample of individuals it wasn't a few hundred 5,200 people so it's very very well represented um, across the UK revealed secret financial products were hidden um, and credit cards were on the list at the top at 37% so 37% representatively 37% of the population have a credit card that their loved ones let's use a generic term people they um, in a relationship with do not know about and that blew my mind blew it away um i couldn't believe it uh, secret savings accounts 21 percent. now some people refer those to as the uh, running away fund don't they um so they've got a secret saving account 21 percent of people have a secret savings account um now the only one was personal loans were in second place at 23 percent I don't know how can you be in a relationship where everything you're doing together is supposedly on the same track going towards one outcome so i call it compelling vision but you know you've got one outcome whether it's retirement or just to buy your next house and you're doing things on the side when you're not telling your other partner I'm not saying asking permission that's different but you're not just informing them say hey just so you're aware this is what my plans are and this is what i'm doing 
Um, people in relationships were the most guilty of underestimating their partner's secrets. Just 23% suspected they had significant or other hide, other um, hidings. So, they, you know, that's just nuts. You know, I just couldn't sort of get my head around these sort of figures. Um, and 45% of people actually admitted to doing something, actually admitted to hiding some secrets from their partner. So almost half of them admitted to say, yeah, you know, I, I, I hide these things. Um, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. If you're in this together, you should be in this together and um, you should plan your finances accordingly and you should plan your finances to support one another. Now, that doesn't mean everything has to be equal um, because relationships are different. But I think honesty and being open about your finances, if you expect to stay with each other, is important. Um, and 30% said their partners do not know the approximate annual income. It, it was great. It was a great survey. I really enjoyed reading about it. Um, the millennials born between 1985 and 1995. I know there's no fixed um, parameters on that, but they were the most secretive generation. So uh, the millennials were the most secretive, uh, with 59% disclosing they have undisclosed financial products. So a loan, a savings account, maybe an ICE or an investment or something like that. Um, with compared to with just it says just twenty six percent, but twenty six percent of the over sixty fives. Now the only thing I was going to comment on this is I wonder if the over sixty fives had more to disclose when they were in their thirties. Kind of hits you around the sort of millennial range, I guess. As human beings, we have six human needs. This comes from Tony Robbins. Um, he, he sort of spoke about we have six human needs. They, they're they all different in our, our approach. Certainty, variety, significance, connection or love, same, growth and contribution. And we all want to meet those human needs in different amounts, depending on our own values. They're basically values. So um, if we grew up in a, an environment where it's very important to stand out, significance would be up there on the forefront of our list and we would then typically have traits in our behavior that exert, exerted um, significance. If we grew up in an exceptionally loving, caring environment and that was so important to us, um, we would have connection love is one of our highest human needs and we would show that um, in our behaviors more than everything else. Um, but we all show all of them um, in different sort of amounts and they can also be conflicting. You know, if you imagine significance and connection and love, you know, if you've got significance going off and changing the world and standing up and being different, often significant means in isolation, often. So you stood up above everyone else, but actually you've got connection and love here, and that means being together and being with someone. So these human needs make us human. You know, they pull us and push us in all different ways. Um, when you look at your finances, you know, connection love we often want connection love with our finances we want someone to share our finances with even if it's just our goals and ambitions what we're doing sometimes we might want to share with our bills so we need someone to physically help us with our bills um but in the same breath we want a bit of autonomy a bit of significance we want a bit of our own money to do as we wish with um, we don't want to necessarily share everything on the table we kind of want to make sure that you know there's a plan and i know what i'm going for and, and i'm a part of that kind of thing so you know, there's a conflict there. And that's why in the money plan in the book, 
I specifically devised the um, the bank account system to cater for this. So you have your joint bank accounts because your joint bank account for your bills that covers the overheads and spending, and then you have your individual spending allowances, um, and that gives you a bit of independence, a bit of significance, um, as it were. You know, it's really important that we um, consider ourselves in the bigger picture, that we're looking for our outcome and what we're trying to achieve, but it doesn't mean we need to morph ourselves and change ourselves to become someone who we don't want to be. Uh, we just need to adapt um, the way things are. But I think, you know, at the end of the day with a relationship is what's important is money is the oil that allows everything to run smoothly um, and communication is key. So we need to sort of open up and start talking about our money. Um, I thought it was great that they um, called this about, you know, talk about money. It's really important. And I think communication is a key. Don't change who you are, but be open and considerate and start viewing things. And, you know, above all, make sure you've got some kind of plan. And if you do struggle with money financially and psychologically, mentally, um, go and seek help. Okay, so the big five this week. Um, where I touch on five different things, um, sorry, five points of one thing um, to sort of bring a bit of um, highlight to it is um, is spending in, in money around Christmas. So Christmas is coming. Um, this is recorded around about the middle of November. Uh, and it's a time when traditionally we've kind of like let our purse strings relaxed and just maybe overspent a bit too much. And if you do overspend or if you do struggle with money, their mind had some of the following pointers. So first on their list, they said, talk to someone you trust. Okay, so if you have a financial problem, if you are an overspender, talk about it. Tell someone your triggers and your warning signs and ask for help. You know, overspending can be an addiction just like alcohol or drugs. You know, it doesn't have to be something that you go and get it has to be an addiction your behavior is the addiction so you are addicted to overspending and what you're really addicted to is the feeling that the overspending gives you so talk about it go and get help um second on list was stop using credit cards you know i'm not a huge fan of credit cards whatsoever for anyone even if they are um not in debt and they don't have mental um, challenges but you know, spending on credit cards really really can rapidly get you into problems because no one's saying no until you hit your credit limit and sometimes that can be in the thousands um make shopping online harder you know, these are exceptionally clever companies you know, they are very, very companies and they have made your life so easy. Click, ping, it's at your doorstep tomorrow. And in the meantime, it's just come out of your bank account. You know, and you don't even have to have that emotional spend. I, I worked with an accountant once who actually spent cash because he liked the emotional spend. And when he didn't spend cash, he physically wrote down his spending because um, it gave him an emotional spend. And that's what you really need to get is the emotional spend. So delete your credit card details or your card details from all the online um, stores and browsers. Number four came in at delaying purchases. And I've got, a, I'm a big one on this. I've always advocated sleep on it. So um, with my kids, uh, we have a parameter in that they can spend anything up to uh, one pound at the year of their age. Um, and when it goes over that, they just come in and check in with us. And I normally say, okay, sleep on it. And then if you want it tomorrow, then yeah, go and order it if you really, really want it. If you checked IDLO, the price is you getting the best price if you've got the money. Um, but um, sleep on it. You know, will you want this tomorrow? Can it wait? Um, 
And number five is do something else that makes you feel good. If it's the dopamine rush you get from buying, perhaps go and try something else out and give it another try. Go for a walk, breathe, meditate, go and work out, get your body pumping, put some good music on, uh, talk to a friend, something like that. Okay, so main body of the news this week. Uh, the Living Wage Foundation that runs the real living wage has increased it to £10.85 in London and £9.50 for the rest of the UK. Um, paid voluntarily by over 7,000, sorry, almost 7,000 UK employers. Um, it's different from the national living wage, which is the legal minimum set by the government, and that's in at £8.72. So how can it be so different? You know, it's just crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Uh, the kickstart, put my teeth back in, I'm sorry, the kickstart scheme, which launched last month, has created more than 19,000 job placements for the unemployed people um, in more than 4,300 businesses. The scheme is aimed at 16 to 23 year olds and it's basically a government subsidized job um, and they're expected to do tens of thousands of people across the UK. So I'm reading the other day that unemployment isn't actually likely to hit um, the very high levels that they were originally expecting um, and it's probably a lot to do with the furlough scheme but in the same breath the furlough scheme is probably going to borrow a lot more money than we were originally expecting to. Questions this week. Uh, where and how much should I save for my children? Okay, so when it comes down to saving for your children, it's obviously budget related. And the first thing you must say is, have I got my own financial future secured first? Ladies and gentlemen, you will retire. Okay, um, you will. There comes a point where you will retire. Your children may go to university. Okay, they may. Now, it is so important you do not become a burden on them. Secure your own financial future first, then look at them. Look at them. Okay, so it's now, them, then. So let's look at our financial futures first and then secure them. When you're looking at your children's financial savings, um, so it's budget related, so it's not how much, it's really how much you can afford after you've secured your own, that's the main thing. And then the two accounts that I really do particularly like is I like the pensions, particularly like pensions for children, uh, sorry, for grandparents funding those because they're gonna draw on them long after the grandparents are around, um, so it's a nice memory. And a general account in the parent's name um, as opposed to junior ices. I'm a little nervous about junior ices. My children do have junior ices. Um, but I don't fund them um, as much as I do the general account. And that's because that goes to them um, at age 18, um, whereas a general account is in my name, my control, and I can drip feed them. Uh, okay, so second question in was, I'm 66 years old and I want to buy my neighbor's house next door, would be a neighbor next door, and rent it out. Is it a good plan? I just screamed out, no, don't do it. You know, you're 66 years old, it's about simplifying your life, not making it more complex. You don't want any tenant problems. You don't want the um, regulation that comes with buy-set properties. You don't want the risk, um, and you definitely don't want to take out debt at 66 years old. You know, life is for living. This is your chapter of life that you enjoy yourself. Top up your pension. You'll probably get at least a good return, um, maybe better from your pension as you would from a buy-to-let. Okay, so uh, definitely, I can't see you being worse off. 
Smarter Spender, this part of the show is sponsored by Idelo, the price comparison website. Um, I brought them on board because I use the site. My kids use it. I mentioned it earlier on. You know, my children come to me with the spending. I say, have you checked out on Idelo? Yes, Dad, it's the best price. I can get it on this site. And um, if it's more than one pound the other age, I get them to sleep on it before they do it. I just want you to know that spending money is not bad. I'm not one of those financial advisors who said, let's just stop spending. Let's save all the money so we can become the richest person in the graveyard. That's not what life's about. Life is not a continuum. You know, we're not just going to keep going on and on. We've all got an end date, okay? And we're getting closer and closer to that end date. And the idea is, before our precious time runs out, that we make sure we have a lot of fun. And in a commercial society like we live, spending money is inevitable. So it's about getting the best price you can. And Idelo helps us do that. And what they do each week is they give me a list of things that have dipped in price. And this week we've got PS4 games down 13%, CCTV cameras down 14%. What really caught my eye is garden sheds down 23%. Because with the amount of rain we've had recently, that could be something that I'm thinking, yeah, I really could do with that, put it on the list. Um, Christmas, time of spending money. You know, aftershave, I would have thought Chris, December was an expensive time to buy aftershave, but in fact, November and December are actually cheap months to buy aftershave. November is actually £8 a bottle of aftershave on average less than the most expensive time, which is April and July. So, um, you know, aftershave it is on the stockings list. Um, and what they think consumers will be spending this week, um, what will they be spending their money on? They say high-end kitchen equipment. Now, I don't watch these um, baking programs. They're too tempting for me. I watch the, uh, if I watch the Great British Bake Off and I, all the stuff they were making, I just want to go in the kitchen and bake it myself and eat it. So to avoid that temptation, because I understand how I am programmed, um, I just don't watch it. But um, the Great British Bake Off, it freshened their mind. Apparently, Nigella has just started her new series. They think we're all going to be going online buying kitchen equipment. Now, I must say, um, on Amazon Prime Day, I bought myself a soup maker which i've absolutely loved and i've made so many batches of soup in fact i've got a butternut squash soup ready for me in a minute when i finish this so um yeah yeah i can see high-end kitchen equipment i'm not sure it's high-end but it's definitely worth every penny that i spent on it and i've made so many of them thank you for listening um it's always a pleasure thank you so much for sending your questions in please keep sending them in i respond to all of them and we do two a week so um you know if i don't read yours out i am sorry it's just trying to get a bit of variety across the board of what different people are, are listening and what they're sort of looking for as well um send your questions in keep safe and if you have anything else please get in touch take care